Hello, friends. Welcome to a special doubleheader episode of the NFT Tales podcast. Instead of our usual format this week, we are actually putting out two episodes, two special edition episodes that are interviews that we've recently sat down and had uh, as part of the podcast. First interview is a Twitter Spaces where we sat down with Pondaware devs back on the 17th of February to talk about the different media rights that are associated with the Mooncats and how those media rights can be of benefit to the Mooncat holders. The second interview is with Devoted from the Punicodes Project. Devoted is the one, if you've been listening to the podcast, that helped me originally get into Punicodes. And we sit down and talk about what Punicodes are, what name coin is, and some particular good parts of the Punicode collection. So sit back and enjoy. All right, everybody. Thank you all very much. It's time for a very special interview with Devoted, um, who you know from us talking on this podcast earlier about me and Jeremy and, and, the, and the search for puny codes. Thank you very much, Devoted, for being on our podcast. Thank you for the opportunity, guys. Yes, sir. Uh, we really appreciate it. Um, so I guess also I need to start by thanking you for having the tr- Twitter thread, for being so gracious and helping not just me and Jeremy, but apparently hundreds of people get set up and get NMC that night and get into it. Um, it uh, so thank you very much for, let's start there. Thank you very much for uh, your kindness and your generosity to just, not just us, but the community at large. Yeah. Thank you very much. And uh, to be honest, like if we would have done like a close discovery, like if we would have just sold the assets OTC later on it, it just wouldn't have been that fun. So <laughs> like just some just preferred like me portland even harry btc would just prefer like to have open discovery to have a na- to naturally have a community built in to get to actually like the thing like like obviously like you can sell this assets otc or maybe you can just give them away some people just grab the assets them- themselves and then they just give them away to people however the feeling that you get when you actually discover something when you just uh, grab it on yourself like you download electrum you get an mc you buy it yourself the feeling that you have is like completely different from just getting a giveaway or maybe just uh, uh, buying the asset so yeah that was the initial goal that we had i mean it, i think it worked perfectly uh, oh yeah especially it did it definitely me and him, perfectly. we were going back and forth and we had so much fun no matter what like i kept telling him no matter what happens with this we had so much fun going back and forth that night and looking through all the different things and uh i think you completely nailed it also it's kind of amazing how in retrospect the electrum wallet had that that limit somewhat right like it would hit that error after you had so many so it almost forced a distribution among the people because it wasn't that easy for someone to just sit there in one wallet and hoard everything right yeah absolutely like they're like if you have the other wallet set up that the name of the wallet is a name coin core so if you have set up then that issue probably doesn't come like i personally haven't used name coin core so i don't know i'm not sure but uh yeah uh basically if you're like electrum is a light wallet so you can just download it and run it in your system however to get name coin core running you have to get in sync with the entire chain so that in itself takes about two to three days if you have a fast enough internet connection. So yeah, like people didn't have any choice other than installing Electrum and the limit naturally helped with a good distribution. And I personally had also sent approximately like 0.3, 0.4 name coin. So no one like who received name coin personally from me was able to register more than I would say 15, maybe something like that. 
given that they didn't get front run. So <laughs> there are many people who just registered 15 or 20 of them and they got front run on all of them. So, <laughs> so yeah, depending on how lucky you were, I would say. Yeah, I got a couple of that as well. Uh, I will say though, let's, let's, let's back up a little bit. So for the, the people who have never heard before, would you mind just real quick describing, so what is Namecoin and, and then what is, what are puny codes? Yeah, sure. So like Namecoin was the first altcoin. It was introduced in like the April 2011. So Satoshi Nakamoto, he himself had contributed himself or herself, whoever he or she was, he himself had contributed in the early developments of Namecoin. And the basic idea was to create censorship resistant domains. So like a normal domain can be taken down by a government or a centralized party if they have, let's say, legal lawsuit or something like that. So the idea there was to create a uh, censorship resistant domains and initially like there are a lot of people who just think like like bitcoin is the only chain you need and you can call them maxis or whatever word you want to use for them but uh, the satoshi nagamoto himself there's like documented proof of him saying that a single chain alone cannot be enough for the basically to onboard the entire internet the entire three four billion people that use the internet it's just not going to be enough so namecoin was this was the first altcoin and the basic idea was to get censorship resistant domains and uh, before the like basically when it comes to nfts so like if you would go back to the genesis block of bitcoin satoshi nakamoto himself had added a line over there and like basically the hex version of bitcoin so the genesis block of bitcoin there was a a, a a line that was embedded in there in the hex version of it and the line that it just stated that the exact line was the like i'm just gonna quote the line right now the times jan slash 2009 chancellor on brink of bailout for banks so like that was you could say the first nft on chain ever but it's not tradable it's just something maybe you can give respect to or maybe just you can look at it as something that you can pay tribute or something like that but it's not tradable so that was the first nft you can say and any asset yeah so any asset on the bitcoin blockchain wasn't tradable up till 2014 because there's a function in every transaction is called the op return function of a bitcoin transaction so that wasn't embedded that wasn't introduced on bitcoin since uh, up till 2014 so up to that uh, there was no asset that you could say non-fungible on a bitcoin blockchain and the name coin was the first uh fault coin and the, every asset on the name coin blockchain is non-fungible token which basically means there is no like multiple supplier it's not fungible it can't have a hundred supplier maybe two supplier or something like that so every asset was there it was the first chain and it was also the first chain on which non-fungible tokens were basically possible and i mean even vb says that in the white paper for ethereum right like he references that and says this for all of y'all is is going to be the first non-fungible representation yeah like that like it's well documented on the ethereum white paper like this is the first like non-fungible tokens on the namecoin blockchain see and that that's where john got me because i didn't know much about it at all and was actually having a movie night with my wife and he said you've got to help me out you know we've got this opportunity some some guys found it and they're not hoarding it and you know it's an opportunity to to get a part of history and you know, it really was a lot of fun as far as, you know, waiting on whitelists and doing all these other discord grinds. It was a completely different experience. And I know that for probably a week or two after that's all John and I could talk about, whether it was the podcast or, or you know, person to person was how much fun that was going to be. And, and, you know, the stories we'd be able to tell our kids of the different things that we got. So we definitely do appreciate you, you know, leaving some for the rest of us and, and then even being generous, like you said, to to give those 
um, NMC coins to everyone that had vaults. Cause I know a lot of people like myself that originally got involved, wouldn't have known to, to add the extra NMC coins and whatnot, and would have probably just had them expire on me, even if I was fortunate enough to get them. So I've been impressed with the community that was grown, um, and how y'all all taken care of each other, other and, and made sure that, you know, people such as myself don't get caught in any crap falls. Yeah. Thanks a lot. And yeah, like basically like you can't like name coin is a like basically Many people had called it dead in 2018. thousand people are using it on a daily basis. So, like most of the exchanges don't have Namecoin listed. So, if we just if we even would have just made the discovery and not given Namecoin to anyone, the process of buying Namecoin in itself is like tedious enough that people wouldn't have been able to, or maybe they wouldn't wouldn't have taken the extra step to just go on our exchange KYC themselves and then just download uh, get the uh, just get the Namecoin and. Uh, like there are like a lot of people you like who had already been using maybe a few hundred people had already been using namecoin so if like we wouldn't have given namecoin to everyone who had never used electrum or namecoin before like uh, all the everyone every other person had would have just grabbed everything up and the distribution would have just sucked so like they would have, it would have been no point of not giving people namecoin if we weren't doing what was right over there so we definitely appreciate that. That's uh, that's not something you always see in every project. So I know John was super stoked about that. There was even a few listings that were kind of the same way, right? Where people were listing some that were either not quite the right date or, or didn't have any um, coins in there. And, and the community came around and, and identified those and even contributed to those vaults to make sure that, you know, you in fact had some some renewal in there most of the people that have registered domains like basically any name coin asset is going to expire in about nine months so like we have planned like if like there are a lot of people who wouldn't know that they need to add name coin to their emblem vault to ensure it auto renews and the assets never expire otherwise if anyone doesn't renew the asset by themselves that asset can expire up and anyone on anyone using name coin will be able to renew it for themselves so yeah like we have planned like if like we're going to make multiple announcements but if there are a few people who maybe just aren't in the discord or maybe they just aren't aware or they have their notifications turned off or whatever the reason we'll just you know manually maybe hire someone or whatever we'll do we'll ensure that the assets don't expire so that like otherwise it'll be just a sad thing for people to just wake up one day and see the assets are gone so yeah i'm personally really concerned about that yeah so i'm really glad that that's something that's talked about in the community and everything because we as people come in and they become part of this discovery and they become part of the community and, and want to be you know have a piece of history the last thing we would want is for them to make the investment and then you know it end up coming from underneath them let's talk about the like the collection in general so overall there's 3255 uh puny codes that have been collected um that span from 2011 to 2017 whenever you're looking at the chart so there's only 85 in 2011 and then it bumps up to two around 250 around 300 and then around 2014 2015 it booms do you have any theory or any knowledge of why 2015 is like the boom year of puny codes yeah, so like, have you heard of the projects or the other projects on Namecoin, which are called Twitter, Twitter Eggs and Blockheads? Yes, so let's yeah. talk about that some. Yeah, so like, basically, what happened in the what happened was there was a organization by the name of One Name. In they launched around 2014 in the I guess the April of 2014 or somewhat around that time. So the basic idea, like they, you can say it was maybe the first organization whose purpose was to create immutable assets on chain. So what they did was they used the Namecoin blockchain and everyone was able to turn their Twitter profile immutable. 
So the basic idea was one name was a new protocol that launched. You could just sign up to it and then it'll automatically take your like your profile picture, your banner and the data that you had on your maybe whatever your bio was. It'll automatically turn it into a name coin asset and then basically store that data on chain. And there's a podcast that was maybe created in 2014 where the one name founders were having a conversation with someone who just had the pot who had who had made the podcast. And they were literally at the time laughing on that idea like why would someone immute basically you store their uh twitter profile on chain they were basically laughing at that idea because obviously name uh, nfts weren't famous at that point so yeah the so one name protocol like it was a protocol that, that got pretty famous at that point and uh, so like it just grabbed a lot of attention so that protocol launched the idea was to uh, 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 store your twi- uh, twitter profile on chain and a lot of people use that so basically you can say a big hike came in on the number of people who were registering assets on chain due to one and that's how the uh, twitter eggs and the blockheads those assets also got introduced on on the name coin blockchain so people just had the twitter egg that was the default profile that uh, twitter had added to your profile when you create a profile on twitter so that like automatically when you created a one name profile your uh, your profile picture got uh, uploaded onto the name coin blockchain and that's how the twitter eggs and the blockheads were introduced Nice. And it never fails. People are always going to be naysayers and, and have doubts whenever something's new. So it, it makes sense that people laughed at it. But oh, man, who's laughing now, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break. And then we're going to be back with Devoted to talk more about the Punicode collection. And in particular, some of the really cool Punicodes that are part of that collection. We'll be back in just a minute. All right, devoted. So in the collection, the the thirty two hundred so pieces, uh, they've been subdivided into different categories of pieces, right? Um, so there's the uh, the ASCII art. There's the emojis. There's the ones that I, what are the uh, what are they languages or, or words? Uh, and then there's the symbols, correct? Yeah. And so uh, talk a little bit about the uh, uh, what these are, and in particular you know, what the distribution of these look like compared to, you know, to each other. Yeah, so like the ASCII art, like there are different pronunciations, like people use different uh, uh, words. So it's basically ACII ASCII art. So it's basically uh, special characters that usually aren't in a normal keyboard that are used to create artworks of different forms. So that like the rarest, you could say the rarest collection on the name, on the Panikot's uh, collection is the ASCII art. And then there are characters, emojis, symbols, and um, I believe the most common one are words. And then the the most rare are ASCII art. Then it comes, uh, then the uh, the characters, and then symbols, then emojis, and then words. Like that's how the basically the rarity index is of all of those. So the ASCII arts, can you say, are the most visually appealing to an, any individual? And the first ASCII art was introduced in tenth on tenth May two thousand eleven. 
and it was created by one of the early former developers of namecon itself so the per name of the person is khal khal if you would open up namecon.org and you would see you there's a just a hyperlink for a team is this a hyperlink for a team you would click on that then all the people who have contributed on the chain the name of each of these people are there including satoshi nakamoto himself and the name of khal is also registered there he was the one of the earliest developers on namecon and he was the person who created those Uh, earliest assets on chain so like uh, if you would just open forum.namecoin.org and then you would search punicodes you can see there are conversations dating back to not even 9th may 2011 where khal and a few people were talking about how they were registering punicodes and different types of assets that aren't normally supported on a dns server so dns system so yeah like those conversations are dating back to like you can say it's the proof of intent of creating artworks on chain so yeah it goes as early as 10th may 2011 that's mind blowing and, and it, what i th- love about it too is it's very obvious um and this is we we put the podcast as explicit it's okay to get into it it's very obvious that the they had a kind of a playful uh mood about this because the very first one is a set of boobs and then it goes into like eyes then frowny face and all that and then the syringe that's now kind of used to define the the whole puny code so it seems very early on it, it was a lot it was very playful definitely like all the all the all these are playful all the uh ascii art uh ones are playful correct and so uh but they but it definitely seems like they're getting into it it's kind of almost like an inside joke type thing um so uh are there any particular ones of that collection that are that you particularly like that stand out uh well i would say i have to get biased because i own one of those <laughs> so it's yeah me too uh, we can, we that's fine we admit that on here so yeah me too so go for it what's yours yeah so it was an owl so it's the ascii of an owl so yeah like that was the, it's it, that was it's a 2012 mint so i personally don't own anything that's earlier than december 2011 so so like just to prove like how good the distribution was i own like single digits digit supply of 2011 ones and out of those i don't own anything earlier than december and uh, like uh, and i own two askies from one was a askie that i was able to register myself it was other uh, 2012 mint and then later i had made a deal with portal uh, i was like man i'm going to buy an askie of you like i need at least two of those so i made a deal of him and i bought one of him later so yeah i at this moment own two askies so i personally love that one however like i believe like as the boob askie was the first one so like that should be like this uh, maybe called the most rare one or maybe the most i don't know the one that should be paid the most tribute to so yeah the most uh, well known yeah i agree with that yeah. yeah that's the one that you know in your example in the thread right that was the one that you did um so my favorite my favorite's probably not one i own my favorite is the one of the the double middle fingers one that's actually in the list in order i think is right after the owl as far as the whenever it was created and so i really like that one my i do have one as i said i got to be honest about it, i do have one i have the one that i call um victory lap that's what i've named it because it looks like someone with their hands in the air like uh, like a runner the last lap and they're like you know they're they're about to cross the finish line type thing so that's the one that i have the, the, i think the some of the coolest ones though are the ones like the flipping the table right yeah like that's like like it was mind blowing to me too like in 2015 like there are about 10 ascii's that were created on a table flip meme all the viewers that uh, all the listeners that haven't seen that before like if you would just open up youtube and then you can search the table flip meme you will be able to find a video of 
a pretty bulky guy who's flipping a table basically and it got it was a pretty famous meme in 2015 so someone went forward and created 10 ascii's of them and he just created the table flip meme on chain so like it has to be the most mind blowing assets of the first art art pro- project on chain so yeah it's mind blowing yeah to think that all this was happening before any any other pretty much mainstream nft or even things like proto nfts like pepe's and all you know that, that so back then it's kind of just amazing that this kind of creativity was happening i'll tell you what we'll do podcast listeners all of these particular ascii art ones um chain left put together a nice post on the discord of all of them we'll 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 we'll, we'll credit them and we'll put it on the podcast so that uh, twitter so that way y'all can see and look at this really cool art that was created from that time period so so that's the ascii art and then next up i think probably in the list would be the symbols so i i have to ask you i, I kind of don't actually know i'm embarrassed to ask this what's the difference between an emoji and a symbol in this collection yeah so like like chain left is a data scientist and he did all the work behind this and i personally had to ask him himself and he basically told me that there is a unicode emoji range so like post 2011 there is a like uh, international unicode emoji range uh, emo- emoji range and basically assets are defined over there like what's an emoji and what's not. the basic thing is like if you would open up a normal normal document file let's say you open up a google doc or a microsoft word file and any asset that you're able to change the color of like let's say you just have a special character over there you'll be able or uh, you'll be able to change the color of it or maybe highlight it or things like that however when it comes to any emojis you cannot change the color of those assets within that document file so it's a like like it's an international unicode uh, emoji range it's called and like i asked him himself what was the way he used to categorize them and that was the like definitive answer the unicode emoji range oh okay uh it, so out of the two there's definitely less symbols than emojis right emojis is the most popular thing other than the words out of the different categories correct yeah that's correct And so as far as the so then there's the last category which are the words and for a lot of those it seems like it's like kanji type characters to what we see a lot of are for different entities like Google or that sort of thing it almost feels like in a lot of ways people trying to do some maybe domain squatting or something along those lines in early days I don't know what's your interpretation of Yeah like if like I'm not sure which the first asset of was on the name gone blockchain but maybe like the first documented one like the one that you can openly view on a name gone on a name gone explorer like let's say nmc.token view or embro.se so the first asset that is visible on those explorers is d/bitcoin it's on the 143 block so you can open up the 143 block of the name gone blockchain it will show you d/bitcoin it was the first asset on chain however like i was talking to a few people who were like digging the chain itself not just viewing the explorers and they told me maybe d/yahoo was the first asset so i'm not 100% sure but maybe we can say the first nft in the entire universe was uh a domain spotted one maybe <laughs> so yeah well you can call it uh, and when it comes to like punicode so maybe it is domain squatting maybe like basically no one is going to open up a domain which is x and dash dash abc xh so it's basically gets extremely complicated so yeah the basic idea was to get creative with the assets that they were the people they were creating and uh, yeah like basic the, the basic intent can be that and maybe the person was 
he wanted to create t slash yahoo or maybe the person wanted to create an ascii art so the visual dynamics are completely different obviously there's a difference between having a punicode as google or having a punicode as an ascii art of maybe let's an owl but uh, yeah the basic intent was the same to get creative to push the boundaries of what was available to people to create collectibles that otherwise just wouldn't have been made so yeah basic the basic intent was the same i would say oh okay so well you know what one of Casper's, but I just it's so interesting to try to interpret what was going on and what people were thinking as they were registering these things. So I have to admit something. So whenever the great rush began and I looked at your example and uh, of the the syringe, my initial thesis was I looked at it and it was just all these strings of letters and numbers. And so I initially went on and I tried to find the longest strings of letters and numbers I could. And just like the quick dig, the first one that I really came across was the one that I have that's the both the symbols and the emoji, the one that's the computer, uh, the arrow, and then the speaker. And I've sit there and I wonder, I'll just sit there in my bed sometime. I was like, what was someone trying to do? What was this, you know, what was the message here that they were trying to get out? Like, what are they trying to represent with this sort of thing? It seemed that, 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 but that gets into the whole thing. You know, what was the intent behind this? What's the artistry of it? So you, I know you have a strong opinion about this and puny codes being art. So, so, so what's your, what's your opinion? Uh, so let, let the uh, listeners know if you wouldn't mind, what's your opinion as far as puny codes being art in this space? Yeah. So like, basically if you would like, like the like the topic of what is art there literally have been wars conducted on this topic if you go back to history or you can just uh, search what is art on wikipedia there is a big history uh, category over there so yeah, the basic idea is what constitutes art so what is it like is it something to just basically use a brush and create something or is it something like then what why would like basically then how would you basically categorize something as generative art because there is no nothing like a brush or something like that involved so the basic idea on like there is no proper answer like what is art is going to be different for everyone else for every each and every individual but the basic ideology is like when you're creating like when you're pushing the boundaries of what the human psyche is that is art so there's a i believe Andy Warhol created had created a few had created an artwork of a few soup cans i'm not sure if it was andy or maybe it was someone else so he had created a few artworks of a soup can so it was pretty controversial at that time like how the hell can maybe a can a soup can can be uh maybe uh categorized as art so yeah the debate goes pretty long there is no pretty exact answer but as long as someone is getting creative and pushing the boundaries of what is known at that time that is like and the intent is there of pushing the boundary so maybe let's say you're creating a domain which is let's say d slash yahoo all right so it's like pretty obvious like maybe you're creating yeah maybe it can be called the first nft however the intent was simple to create a domain that that was yahoo.bit but when it comes to creating something like an ascii art of maybe like the ascii that you have it was like the finger holding up his fingers so the basic intent can be openly like anyone who's, who sees that asset they're gonna say like yeah the intent was to create something of an artwork and when it comes to maybe a normal word like maybe there's a word uh, there's a punicode that converts to google so yeah maybe like of course the uh, conversion is google however the x and dash dash whatever that alphabet is the basic intent is there is to get creative with what the tools the people have at that moment so like basically if you would go back to 2011 like there was literally no way for people to get creative on chain 
so let's say for example if you see uh, maybe a person who just maybe does woodworking or he's a carpenter or someone like that they usually like to add a small touch to the table they create or whatever let's say a piece of wood they, a piece of furniture they create so in the same with the people who are working on the let like the pioneers of the early uh, blockchain space they were working on let's say bitcoin or working on the early developments of name coins since 2009 10 11 so for there was before the uh, introduce before the introduction of namecoin there was literally no way for them to get creative with the uh, work they were doing which was the development of namecoin uh, development of bitcoin so as soon as a channel of uh, expressing their creativity creativity got opened up in 2011 they used as uh, use that channel to express their creativity within 20 days of the introduction of that channel so the first asset on the namecoin blockchain was on the 21st of april and the first punicode is on the 10th of may 2011 so it can be easily seen like within the 20 days of introduction of a new chain like people were expressing their creativity on it and like this isn't a normal person who just came around a maybe an article of namecoin and he started creating assets like this is like extremely uh, technical stuff to create an asset within the creation of the chain and like within the 20 days of the creation of the chain so yeah maybe who knows who created that asset was it satoshi nakamoto what is maybe who, who was maybe it was halfini like we just don't know so yeah these are extremely like technical people creating those assets so yeah well they were just uh, use they use namecoin as a way to express their creativity and that is art in my subjective opinion and you know i agree with you wholeheartedly i know that if i was involved in that i'm not an artistic person so to be able to try to push my nerdiness to to create art i i would 100% argue to my deathbed that this is art because that's that's as artistic as some you know overly intelligent left brain people can get so i i 100% think that's art no matter how you try to slice it yeah absolutely and like obviously they weren't artists but yeah like maybe a lot of people may when they're maybe when i'm studying i used to i draw maybe a sun at the corner of a on page that i'm just working on maybe solving an equation on so yeah like that's how people use their creativity to just show off whatever the things were there in mind and the first ask he happens to be a boob so <laughs> that's what the person yeah, who created that. yeah right yeah. that's, and that's okay. what men have been drawing for years so we obviously yeah. know that was art Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know that I've got one. I think it's the astrological symbol for um resistance or something like that. And that that I loved your explanation or I guess it was, you know, the the definition that they had acquired when they were classifying all of it, but that if I can't change it within Word or another document and that now I can just go in there and look at up those characters and highlight it and be like, "Can I change it or highlight it?" and it explains it a lot better for me. So I, John definitely is the the tech guy of our duo. So I I'm I'm the simpler dude and try to make sure they can understand it. So I, I definitely appreciate the way you've taken the time to be very thorough in your explanations. Well, so I have one yeah. last question for you I want to ask devoted because I I'm really interested in my opinion You've done such a good job. Okay, let me take a step back. In the NFT world, I also think part of the art to connect to the last discussion is the community that gets built around it. I think these community managers that know how to build a good community, know how to get people to get excited, to do want to be part of a community, want to be part of a set of NFTs that it's a really big deal. I feel like you have a very particular perspective on building a community and in my opinion you've done the right things along the way to make it so that puny codes is going to be something that's appreciated in the long run has a community around it that are, you know, of the level that can appreciate it. Can you talk a little bit about not only the community management and your perspectives on building a community but also the puny DAO and what that does as far as helping build out a community and sustain that community? 
yeah so like the basic idea behind like when it when it comes to creating a community like just give more than you take it's just as simple as that like if you can provide people with more value than you're taking yourself so a community that uh, the you can say a community effect is going to be natural on its own so that is the basic idea like for example like it's me it's man it's the entire community and maybe the admins that are currently working on the project it's me it's portal and it's the a third person is chain left and like we didn't like even ask chain come in like he just got into the group he just started working on and then we gave him the title of an admin and he has been working really hard ever since so like we didn't ask anyone to just you know just help us or maybe something like that people just contributed themselves so yeah maybe i'd say we did the right things and that's how the people like the community has formed on its own and uh, when it comes to the dao like i knew like every person who was able to you could say register their assets of the name of their on the day of discovery like everyone would have been able to discover at least maybe i would say 5 to 10 at minimum maybe 20 30 even as as high would someone would go so the basic idea was like the per people who were able to register these assets for almost free like they many of them would be willing to let's say contribute an asset into the growth and development of the project so that's when as soon as i launched the pro, uh, discord in the like i would say the second day of discovery i just introduced a concept of the panicles dao because like they all like me and pudel we like don't have more than double digits of the supply close to about 2 to 3% within 2 to 3% so like there is no proper veil here so and there is no creators like in the project as well so on, in order to ensure that the project project keeps growing the development and the growth of the project just keeps happening on its own so like like we need a dao a dao was a must and the basic idea was like if you are willing to contribute a pan- acquired for almost free or uh, you are just willing to contribute your time get time into the growth and development of the project then you're going to be a part of the dao and uh, there are a few people like for example a name of an individual is crypto korean i'm not sure if i'm pronouncing it right but uh, that's what his uh, discord uh, name says and he was just he just came into the uh, dao chat and he said i would like to contribute my time into creating a image generator for the panicles project and we were like yeah absolutely like that's a thing we currently need and we would love to have you into the dao for that and he built a front end uh, uh, it's uh, just it's just a web page where you can add in the name of your asset let's say your asset is x and dash dash abc and as soon as you enter that it's going to generate a image and a description and a title for your emblem vault so like anyone who has been just willing to contribute in any shape or form to the growth and development of the project he's happy in the dao so initially that was the idea and then a few people came around they were uh, contributing different kinds of asset there was someone who he just voted a 100 supplier pepe i'm not sure if the pepe was pepe ken or which the pepe was but yeah he just uh, contributed an asset that had the value of over 1 eth it was like 1.5 eth so yeah like the basic idea is if you're willing to help into the growth and development of the project then we would love to have you into the dao and there are many benefits that we are currently this you know making up like stirring up to for every dao constituent so the the most recent one is that i personally have been working on the panicodes official merge and every dao constituent is going to get it for free with free shipping so i'm going to ha- handle all that myself dao constituent is going to get that and then every panicode holder he's going to get the free he's going to get the 
uh, the merch for free, just they're going to have to pay for shipping. So yeah, that's like, we're trying our best to provide as much value as we can to every constituent and every holder. So I yeah, mean, that's, that's so fantastic. I used the website to vault. I had to vault both me and Jeremy's, all of our, all of our punies, and I used the, that exact website to do all the vaulting. I want to back up on something, though, because I want to give you credit for something that I don't think you've gotten enough credit for. To build out this community, one problem we've had kind of early on is people trying to take advantage through the vaulting process, right? And both you and Poodle, I've mentioned on the podcast before, but I'm going to point back to this. Devoted Here gave out a 2012 puny code to backfill someone that was taken advantage of, and Poodle did the same thing. I think that was huge, and it really helped the credibility of the project going forward. Uh, do you have any words to say about the the, the different difficulties we've had uh, as far as people trying to take advantage and how the community's rallied around that and pulled past it? And thank you, by the way. Yeah, thanks a lot for your kind words. And yeah, like wherever money is going to be involved, there are scammers that are going to be involved too. Like that is the hard, hard truth of what it is. So like there were a few people who took advantage of how you can basically list assets on the Emblem Vault. So basically what happens is when you even open up a normal domain, like let's say google.com, it's going to open up google.com. And then if instead of just typing google.com in a normal browser, like let's say Google Chrome, you would type google.com and you would add a space at the end of it. It's going to still open up the same website, google.com. So the attacker basically took advantage of this, including a few other attack actors that took advantage of. So they basically, basically as somewhat they tricked the system works and they, uh, introduced, they added assets into their emblem walls, which were like, which were looking like if you would just check it out or just, you would just uh, give it a rough look from the top. It would look like it's an asset that's 2012 minted, but in reality, it was a 2022 mint asset. So that's how scammers took advantage, uh, two scammers, or maybe it was one scammer. We don't know, but how that's how they took advantage of that. So like, as soon as that we like, he, it was Poodle who was just checking the assets, every asset minted on uh, OpenSea and just he just uh, pointed this out to me and initially even i thought like it's a, like legit one there's nothing wrong with it with it but when we just looked in like in depth we opened up multiple explorers and then when we checked it out we found out that it's an actual scam and as soon as that was found out like i personally like initially first we found out there were total two two scams that were done and poodle and i decided that to ensure like no one like just like people had bought those assets for four four ETH, so eight ETH is not a small amount of money. So yeah, we decided to just give one asset from our personal connection collections, and we gave the two thousand twelve mint asset to two of the people who were scammed. And as soon as that was done, I personally opened up every emblem wall that was on OpenSea. There are total about three hundred and fifty of those at this point to ensure like there have been no scams. And fortunately, no none other were done. So yeah, you could say like scams were done, but yeah, it's okay. The harm done was pretty manageable like there were two assets so yeah we gave one one from our personal collections to ensure and now we can be sure like no none of the scams can would happen of that scale so yeah it's like no harm done we were able to rectify everything and and now more people are coming into the community more people are getting excited about punies we're starting to see every time there's a historical nft discussion i think or a twitter spaces now punies are starting to get their due in that space um we're uh, pretty much out of time for today but i wanted to give you the the, the microphone one last time devoted one, what's one last thing that we should be talking about in the puny space? And then where can people find you and, and find more about the puny project? Yeah. So when it comes to finding like, um, like I'm at on Twitter, I'm at the rate of uh, devoted where so D E V O T E D devoted W E A R. So that's my Twitter handle. And uh, when it comes to puny codes, you can search P U N Y C O D E S puny codes 2011. So that's what the 
Twitter bio and our uh, Instagram handle is. So that's what our social media handles are. And uh, uh, on the Discord, you, when you you would open up uh, Twitter, you can just see our links for our link tree and our link for our Discord. And we had also created an on cyber gallery. So basically, like every Punicode is an art, and we were like, we need a good way to like just uh, for the community to just uh, like display their assets. So every uh, anytime anyone new comes in, they can see all the assets that have been listed. So like the DAO, like we just sold a 2013 mint asset, and we had bought an on cyber gallery. So yeah, I would love for anyone who's uh, listening to this chat they would just open up that on cyber gallery the link for that is in our twitter bio and then you can just share how you whether you like it or not and a few of the a few of those ascii's a few of those uh like all, almost like 60 70 assets have been listed over there so yeah i would love for everyone's feedback on that well that's excellent everyone get on y'all come take a look at the cyber gallery y'all come and learn more about the puny codes and uh you know as we move forward with historical nfts I think it's definitely something that more and more people are going to come into. And so we really appreciate your time, devoted. We really appreciate both me and Jeremy, everything that you've done to get us into this and to give us the opportunity to, if nothing else, just have the bonding experience we did hunting for the puny code. So thank you very much. We really appreciate it. Uh, and uh, 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 everyone who's listening to this uh, NFT Tales podcast will have more information on our Twitter feed about the puny codes and what we've talked about today. All right. Bye, devoted. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for the opportunity, guys. Yes, sir. We appreciate it. Thank you. That was great.